auto exposure bracketing. What is it? How can it help you? Hi and welcome to episode 113 of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host Rick and in each episode I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes-ish without the irrelevant details. What I tell you is based on my lifetime of photographic experience and not Google. No Google required today but I did mean my camera which was nice. Before I go on I need your help. I need your questions to answer. More on this at the end but please have a think while you listen to this splendid episode. <laughs> episode. <laughs> It's gone wrong in the first minute. Oh dear. Here is the answer a bit. Let me get back on track. Auto exposure bracketing is taking more than one photo at the same time with different exposures. The first photo is taken using the correct exposure, using the camera settings set by the camera or of course by the photographer. Subsequent photos are taken automatically by the camera with different exposures by changing the aperture or shutter speed by an amount set by the photographer. Okay, that's what it is. Why would I want to do this? Well, if you're not sure what the correct exposure is, you can use this technique. If you want more than one photo, a light one and a dark one, so you can choose later which you prefer, you can use this technique. And for certain genres of photography, where you're trying to capture a range of lights and darks beyond the capabilities of your camera, then you can also use this technique. Genres of photographer that use auto-exposure bracketing are, and they're not just restricted to these, by the way, Architectural, real estate and construction photography. These are what I do. And auto bracketing helps me as I can get three different exposures and merge them together. See, my camera can't record what I see with my eyes. Well, not all the time anyway. With bracketing, it still doesn't, but it's getting a bit closer. That's a bit closer to capturing the data that my eye can capture instantly, remarkably. Landscape photography. This technique has been used by landscape photographers for years to get all the details in the sky shadows and everything in between and any other genre or time that you're trying to capture a wide range of lights and darks and your camera cannot capture all the information that you need as in you lose details in the shadows or your highlights get blown out if you can't capture everything in a scene this is one way of doing it rather than compromising and losing one or the other blimey that was a good ad lib And then I wrote, and this is the way to do HDR. And I'm not not sure what I meant by that. Check out the last episode where I told you what HDR photography is. I'll, I'll get onto that later, don't worry. Auto exposure bracketing is not that complicated. Well, it isn't as long as we don't overthink it and complicate it, that is. So how do I do auto exposure bracketing? That's I as in me now, not you asking the question about you as in I. I can get myself in a muddle, can't I? These are the camera settings that I use on my Canon 6D. Don't worry, this is the camera settings on the Canon 6D, but the principles and everything else applies to... Well, pretty much any camera. So first in the menu tabs, I go to tab three where I select expo.com slash AEB. And that's why you need to read your camera manual. What does that all mean? That's exposure compensation slash auto exposure bracketing. I love an acronym. Then using the scrolly thing on the top of the camera, I can set the increments from plus or minus one third of a stop to plus or minus three stops. Once I've got the number that I want, I press set and that's it done. And that's it then. You don't need to do it again. And when you don't want to use auto exposure bracketing, you have to tell the camera, you have to disable it. You set it once and if that's all you want to do, it's done. It's done until you don't want it. So I use plus or minus two stops. This works for me. For my well, for for everything really, it's a good general number. You can use what you want, but plus or minus two is a is a good all rounder. 
And I use AV mode for most of my photography. So in AV mode, the camera keeps the aperture the same and it changes the shutter speed. And I'm talking now about for the under and overexposed photos. So the underexposed and overexposed photos have the same aperture, but the sputter... <laughs> sputter. <laughs> shutter. <laughs> So the underexposed and overexposed photos have the same aperture, but the shutter speed has been changed by the camera. Well done, Rick. You got there in the end. (laughs) So what about the other modes then? Well, in manual mode, the same thing happens. The aperture stays the same. It changes the shutter. But in TV mode, time value, shutter priority, the camera changes the aperture but keeps the shutter speed the same. Now, I guess that's why aperture priority is called aperture priority because it's prioritising the aperture. And that's not only with how you change the exposure for a single photo, but for other things like like this, which is good. It makes sense and it's nice to know. So in program mode, it can change both. And I couldn't see a pattern to this, to be honest with you. But but the important thing is this. You need to be aware when it's changing the shutter speed and, and also the aperture because this could have a major impact on the photos in terms of depth of field. Even worse, camera shake, you know, that kind of thing. You need to know what it's doing. Thankfully, it's not hard to work out. The next thing you need to do, and the next thing that I do, is I make sure I'm in the right drive mode. If you're in single shooting drive mode, each time you take... each. If you're in single shooting drive mode, then each time you take, press the shutter, a photo is taken. That was good, wasn't it? Each time you... If you're in single shooting drive mode, each time you press the shutter, a photo is taken. So you have to press the shutter three times to get your three photos. Now, I don't recommend you do that. There's no reason to. Instead, select continue shooting. And all you do is you keep the shutter release pressed down until all three photos are taken. You want them taken at the same time because you're going to be merging them together. And there's no reason to not do. Just do it in continuous mode. Tripods. Well, put your camera on a tripod and you'll get better results. I mean, you're going to be merging three photos together, so you want them to all be the same photo and perfectly aligned and as sharp as you can. So it all makes sense. And that made me think that if you're taking a photo using in-camera HDR, how important is that? I would imagine it's equally important because it's still three photos being put together. But maybe the software's so clever that it, it deals with that. Anyway, try handheld, try on a tripod, see how you get on. This is the important thing that all the things that we talk about or I talk about that you listen to, that we go out and practice them if we want to. Practice them, learn them and make the best use of them. And once you've done that, why not let me know? We're in this together after all. And lastly, for even better results, use the self-timer. And that's what I do. What's the difference between HDR and auto exposure bracketing? Nothing. They're one and the same. The different turns for slightly different things, but they both use photos taken of the same thing with different exposures merged either in camera or in post-processing to create an image with more lights and more darks as well as the bits in the middle. So say you use HDR and the pitchforks are out. Say you use auto bracketing and everyone thinks that that's just fine. How clever of you. Auto-exposure bracketing creates photos with different exposures that you can use to create HDR images. The talky bit. There is a reason I talked about HDR in the last episode. That was what HDR is. This episode is how to create HDR photos. Well, more accurately, how to take photos that allow you to create HDR photos. And you still always have the original, single, correctly exposed photo that you would have taken if you only took one photo rather than three, right? So nothing to lose, is there? There really is nothing wrong with doing this. There really is nothing wrong with this. 
And let me tell you a secret. I, I, I said this in the HDR episode. It gives you a bit of latitude, a bit of slack, a bit of comfort and less chance of the exposure being wrong. So it's not a bad thing, is it? And it gives you the opportunity to create a different look, a look that you might make your own. And every camera manufacturer has this feature, so it must be okay, right? And on my Canon 6D, when you set the amount of bracketing, the camera actually refers to darker on the left-hand side of the screen and lighter on the right. That's all that this is. All we're doing is recording more of the dark stuff and more of the light stuff and adding it to the original photo. Can anyone tell you've done this? Not if you've done it properly, no. Well, what do I do? I do this all the time. I take three photos, one the correct exposure, one two stops underexposed, one two stops overexposed. I merge them together in Lightroom. When I merge the photos together... <laughs> that's going so well. When I merge the photos together in Lightroom, I get a new file, which is a new RAW file. The original three photos remain there, and I do all the work on the new HDR file. And my photos look great, even if I do say so myself. They do not look fake, artificial, or grungy. So why not give this a go and see how you get on? And if you do, why not let me know? I'd love to hear from you. Big takeaway. Auto exposure bracketing helps you to capture more lights and darks in a photo than you can capture in a single image. Related episodes. Well, episode 112 led to me writing this episode. That was Photography Explained Podcast, episode 112. Excuse me for, excuse me for repeating myself. Is HDR photography bad? Is it okay to use it? Or is it cheating? And also check out the episode page on the podcast website to find out what I've spoken about so far. Next episode, Photography Explained Podcast Episode 114. What is a histogram and how can it help us when we shoot? Yep, I'm going to explain histograms in less than 10 minutes. Good luck, Rick. Get your question answered. Well, as I say, this is what my podcast is all about, answering your photography questions. So please get in touch with your question and not only will I answer your question, but I will give you a shout out on that episode which is nice. Just head over to photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. Okay, I'm done. Thank you for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast, it says here. To find out more about my podcast and do stuff to help me, check out the podcast website, which is photographyexplainedpodcast.com. This episode was brought to you by water. Plain, old, boring water. Oh, for a beer. Sorry daydreaming there i've been rick mcavoy <laughs> thanks again very much for listening to me and for giving me 10 minutes of your valuable time and i will see you on the next episode cheers from me rick my brand new course how to become a real estate photographer straight talking advice for beginners to get you making money quickly and build a career is available to buy now find out more at rick forward slash courses